Folks, we are wrapping up the Miami win today. A nice little bow to the implications of that game, the schedule moving forward. And also, we have a great listener question from Mr. Rhinos from YouTube. All that more on today's edition of Locked on Seminoles. Let's ride. You are Locked on Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome back to another edition of Locked on Seminoles. What's up, everybody? It's your boy Drake here, and today in the stream yard, I got Mr. David Wise. David, get pasa, mi gente? Drake, I am still on cloud nine right now. I'm not letting anybody kick me off of it, and we'll get to that later in the week, but it's not going to be Syracuse that does it. I'm going to keep this train rolling. Let's keep the train rolling, and folks, we keep the train rolling here on Locked on Seminoles. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before because Bet Online is where the game starts. So, Dave, you came up with the theme of today's episode. You want to talk about the implications or the implication the of the Miami win? To quote the great, it's always on in Philadelphia. I'm going to give the ball off to you. What does this win do exactly overall for the state of our program and also? team as a whole well the biggest one i think that's most obvious is it i think it gives a lot of fans confidence in where this program is because we talked before the game about all, every guest we had on us uh, all of us a lot of the fans talked about how this would just have been such a bad miami team to lose to i mean you saw how it played out miami was a terrible football team to then go is and is, he, is is they still is, are terrible yeah. was is and will be as long as mario cristobal is their head coach and probably whoever they hire it doesn't matter that's just what that program is now um but regardless that would have just been such a bad game to lose in the sense that i think the questions around the coaching staff uh would have really risen to the top it it couldn't have silenced doubters and Spur, uh, spawned confidence any more than it did. Um, it was proof of concept at every level of the team, offense, defense, and special teams. Uh, there, there still will need to be some coaching changes, I think, after this year. Um, it, just a couple position coaches, if anything. But that game let you know that we're on the right track. And I think, I think more importantly than that, it was an unintended consequence of what Miami's actions were. They invited every recruit they could think of in their roster to that football game at their rent stadium. And it just so happened that it turned into a big recruiting day potentially for us. Not that we're going to get all those kids, not that all those kids are even targets for us, but I think there were like, what, how many blue chips were there? Like 40 or something. There were, it there. was a lot. There was a lot of kids there. Yeah. It's, it was one of those things that like you see Nor like Norvell's on it before. I think with Clemson also too. That yeah. you want them to come in to basically see firsthand either a if you win the game that's great for recruiting if you lose the game in a similar yeah. fashion it could either you know detrimentally hurt you or be like hey we are this bad maybe you should come over and help us out that's what we thought two years ago that didn't really come to fruition that much yeah so it it had the dual benefit of a I think probably putting us on the radar for some recruits that maybe we weren't you know in in the mix for at all um, b I think giving some kids some things to think about that we're considering Florida State 
but C, and perhaps most importantly for us, it it can't not to some degree cool off Miami recruiting. Not that it's going to get kids to decommit, um, but getting kids to second guess whether they're really interested in Miami is is always going to be a benefit to us. Anyone that we play every year, I don't want blue chip recruits going there. I just don't. I want their recruiting classes to be worse. That benefits our team. So it puts us on the radar. It, it potentially slides Miami down the radar for some of these kids. And so it proved the concept to recruits for us, uh, disproved the concept early on for Miami, and proved to the fans that they should keep their interest and their hope and their trust in this football team and the coaching staff. Because that was, again, it was like everything that could have gone right for us did. And it didn't feel like an accident because it was so consistent throughout the game. Yeah, it felt like that actually, like, I think accidents, whatsoever. it was not fluky at all whatsoever. You were clearly yeah. the better team like by leaps and bounds. And that's something that we wanted to see overall with this team. Recruiting-wise, I think you're absolutely right. I do think when it comes to these kids that do want to stay in-state, like I'm saying, like all the higher four stars, some of the five, some of the five star kids, like maybe a Jalen Brown. I know Jalen Brown right now, right now is currently committed to LSU, but I yeah. definitely think that this is an FSU Miami battle that definitely helps out immensely because I still think winning the games does matter because you need to see how overall if, how you're going to fit in a team's offense. If you're if you're a wide receiver, why would you want to go to Miami where your yeah. offensive passing attack ceases to exist or take same thing over with Texas A&M? So to me, winning a game in this fashion. I still think is very important to to recruiting overall to being able to display coaching wise. You're able to develop these kids for the future for the next level. Yeah, and I, I think the last thing that it does for me too is, again, after that three game skid, it it had you, it had me, it had everybody feeling just like this season's over. It doesn't matter, like whatever, just make a bowl game. Uh, the season wasn't over. It it kind of proved that the Florida State team was not the team that's just going to lose to. You know, it, it's just not going to play down to its competition every time. And it's capable of rebounding. Again, it's very important that you're able to get a room of teenagers and young, you know, just, just young kids to all be on the same page at the same time when they don't have the most motivation to. Because a lot of those, a lot of kids that play college football um, at programs like Florida State and other Power Five programs. Uh, most of the, or some of them at least, they're there because they want to make a good bowl game, ideally a New Year's Six game, maybe be in the college football playoff conversation. That's not where we are right now. But where we're not is we're not even going to a bowl game. We're going to get those extra practices now, uh, which is awesome. But more importantly than that, we kept our hopes alive for a 10-win season. And, and the craziest part about that is it doesn't feel that crazy that we could get there. Like, individually, we're going to go through it next. We should win each of the next games on our schedule. And if we do that, we're 9-3, and three, which is way ahead of where anybody thought we'd be. And now, Drake, I think you have something way ahead of where the audience thought they would be if they put that in their driveway. You know what? That's really what, guys. You were right, sir. We were talking about our sponsor for today, and that's our partners over at Nissan. Our partners at Nissan have worked with us to create a new segment across the Locked On College Network titled mm-hmm. Thrilling Moments, where we highlight the most exciting play from the Seminoles this weekend or throughout the city history of our alma mater. Dave, what is this week's thrilling moment from the FSU-UM game? Drake, I'm not taking this away from him because this is going to go down in Florida State lore. It will be shown every time Florida State-Miami play. 
and it will be on Twitter every time too. What exactly did the announcer say when Jamie Robinson, I, I don't know, like dragged Miami's quarterback uh, through the Earth's core? Yeah, what basically folks what Dave is describing is what Jamie Robinson tossed him and then pushed him down the ground. And the announcer said, and I'm paraphrasing here slightly, that he dismissed him as if he was nothing. That was probably one of the more disrespectful sacks I think I've ever seen. That was a grown man playing some football. It was it was one player who belonged on that stage of, of a primetime game in a, in a rivalry matchup against a team, a whole team that didn't belong on the stage in a primetime matchup. It, Jamie Robinson was a man amongst boys on that play, and it was just great to see. It was so thrilling. It was great. It was thrilling. It was beautiful. Just like the new vehicles over at Nissan, this segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs across all of Nissan's new line of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, Pathfinder, and Nissan is an incredible vehicle. My first car was an Altima. I sent back over to Panama for my, for my cousin, Daniel Augusto, to use on his farm. So all those vehicles now are available at Nissan usa.com okay dave you talked about it before the schedule remains we have syracuse this week we'll be we're doing our best to get know your foe segment for that game we also are having yeah. louisiana lafayette the week after and then we round it out with it's with a uh with the university of florida traveling to tallahassee for the black friday after thanksgiving so dave with the schedule talk to me yeah it it's funny how we how differently we could have looked at these last three games. Um, it just based on so many variables, like our team had, we lost that Miami game. It would have felt really hopeless go, uh, going into the last stretch of our, our schedule. Not that we wouldn't win those games or, or some of them, but just like, I think a lot of people would have become indifferent. A lot of our fans would have been like, what does it even matter? Just win a game, make a bowl game. You're going to do that. Like, don't get blown out or, or try to beat Florida. Like, who cares, though? Uh, not that everybody would have felt that way. I want to make that clear. I would not have felt that way. But it just, like, it would have it would have de-inspired. It would have just taken the air out of a lot of our sales because that three-game losing streak would have felt like an awful lot less of a fluke. And it, we wouldn't have been able to say, okay, well, that was just the better teams. Because Miami's not a better team, obviously. Uh Things have broken our way since then as well. Syracuse is likely going to be without Garrett Schrader for the rest of the year, including our game, obviously. Louisiana looked awful blowing a big lead this last week. That's That should be an easy game. And Florida, um, I, I can't say that I've ever watched a team win convincingly in a game against another team that's supposed to be good and felt so much more confident that we'd beat them. Uh, I have no confidence in Florida's passing attack or its defense, two things that we're quite good at right now. Um, so if you look at those games individually, like I was saying earlier, I feel very confident we beat that adorable little season Syracuse is having. Um, Louisiana is a cakewalk. I, I truly, I think that. And Florida, I think you have to be favored to win that game, how much you win by. I think it'll be close. I'm not going to break a blowout in that one, but one by one, Based on the momentum we have right now, which I do believe is a real thing, and Trey, I think we talked about that with Trey. Um, we have we have it all going for us right now, and those last three games are each winnable. And collectively, you win, you go three and zero in those games. You are nine and three, which puts you way ahead of schedule. Speaking of schedule, no, overall, I mean, I completely agree with that. With Syracuse, they most likely will be out with Garrett Schrader. I think he has a lower leg injury that 
and I do believe that Dino Babers actually has faith in Carlos Del Rio, which this is, you know, best of luck to that overall. But they also lost, Gar- uh, I think it's Garrett Williams is their cornerback. He's all ACC right. kind of corner, and that's someone that actually was like very strong for them. Their defensive line is also banged up, and I thought people were kidding. Their defensive line is a lot smaller than the rest of the conference. Even though their defensive coordinator, I uh, wouldn't be surprised if we give him a phone call once Adam Fuller's um, uh, contract is up because that, de- that defensive scheming is fun to watch. You look at Louisiana, that's a team that was very, very, I guess they lost a lot to the portal. Billy Napier took a lot of players over with him to UF, and that's some some of the most best players like Osiris Torrance on the, on the offensive line. And then speaking of Florida, my only concern with Florida the defense is is pretty damn bad. I'm not even gonna argue with there. The defense there, yeah. you can see that they gave up 24 points in one half to Texas A&M. Texas A&M hasn't scored 30 points overall since Halloween in 2021. But the offensive of the fall, AR15, sorry, Anthony Richardson, he looks a lot more comfortable back there. But also, like his legs are still a huge danger, and that's like probably one thing that probably would will concern me actually going into that game. Yeah, I, I don't know, like. We, we saw what Miami's – we knew Miami's quarterback was going to try to run it because he couldn't throw it. So that was probably a little different than AR, who's capable of but throwing he's a the true ball. Freshman. Although he's a true freshman, though. Like, he has – like, Right. And, you can, and also, for some reason, Josh Gass didn't give, you know, the entire game plan to one of them because he tried to do it to all three of them. So they couldn't all three yeah. cover them. That was just bad I guess, I guess my I point – I agree with I agree with that. I guess my point, though, was, like, we once they had the running quarterback come in, I think a lot of us held our breath. Um, and said, oh, crap, here we go again. Like, some tr- freshman backup's going to come in and run for 150 yards. That He didn't run for anything. He had one explosive running play, and that was it. So, I don't know. Uh, I think the threat of being able to pass makes that, obviously, a more difficult matchup because he's two-dimensional um, or multi-dimensional. But I, I still think we should be favored in that game. And, and one thing you said is really important. Syracuse's injury uh, issues right now. Does it feel, and I saw this great tweet on Twitter yesterday, does it feel like we sacrificed our basketball program to the football gods? Because our injury luck has suddenly become better. Fabian Lovett's presence in that Miami game made a world of difference. The offensive line getting healthy makes a world of difference. Jordan Travis has avoided contact all year, and he's stayed healthy. Him being on the field has made us a better football team because he's developed into an incredible uh, Power 5 quarterback. So if we can get Trayshawn Ward back in the mix, uh, Trey talked last week about how important it was to get him back uh, for what this team's capable of doing on offense. If you're telling me we can get a guy back from injury soon who's going to make the offense we just saw even better, yeah, um, I feel I feel really good post-Miami about the direction this team's headed in for the rest of the season as a result of our play um our our luck finally we get some luck and what how comfortable i feel with the coaching staff understanding what they need to do no i mean i can i, I can also completely agree with that and overall just looking at it it's, it is nice that the injury luck is kind of finally turning to our side because it just yeah. felt like after louis after lsu baby and love it he's out jared verse he gets injured jordan travis luckily we dodged a big bullet because i thought that sack yeah. i thought he was out for the rest of the year i, thought I did too I thought he broke his ankle. Like I don't know if you ever watched the uh, NFL, like Derek Carr when he we broke his ankle, just rolled over and started calling people over. That actually is exactly what I thought had happened. But you're right, and it does feel like we sacrificed the basketball gods because FSU basketball did unfortunately lose last night to Stetson, Stetson. the Hatters, which oh. we'll talk about that on a separate basketball podcast. But that's just it's 
it's going to be a long year for FSU basketball and Coach Ham. But overall, it does seem that finally the luck is turning into our favor, and that's just something that, quite frankly, we haven't had since what years, 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 years. and and now it just seems that basically we're having all the tools at our disposal and a healthy FSU. This health, this team, this FSU team, if it's fully healthy, is quite frankly a top twenty team in the country. Yeah, I. Where this team is right now, we're ranked 25th. Had we not blown it against NC State, I don't even – would we be a top 15 team potentially? Bro, we would be a top 10 team. That and yeah. that's, that game still pisses me off. I'm not even going to lie to you. I, I agree, and I asked you, and, I asked you and, and in the group chat, Max, yesterday to do this exercise. Go through the AP top 25 and tell me who you're sure would beat us or you're confident would beat us. I, I would – all of you at home, do that exercise. Go through the AP top 25 and try to be objective. Who do you think are you're confident beats us? There's not a lot of teams on there right now with the state of this team right now, post Miami again. We have a lot of momentum. We have injury uh, luck on our side. And we're playing the best football we've played since 2015, maybe, with DeAndre Francois. I think I think that was the last time I felt this this confident in the direction of the 2016, right? This, oh, I guess, yeah. Was that the Alabama year, 2016? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, Alabama was 2017 the year after that. In 2016, that was the okay. year against Ole Miss. So it's been seven, six or seven years since I've felt this confident about how this football team's playing in the direction they're headed. Drake, tell the audience something they can be confident about this weekend as I tell them what they should bet on. Well, folks, you can be confident that Bet Online is your number one sports for uh, your number one source for all your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. As always, folks, it's your favorite time of the day, day the Fade Dave segment of the day of the millennia of the year of the month of the century. David, yeah, go down to Starkville, Mississippi. For those who don't know, Dave is a huge proponent of the pirate, Mister Mike Leach, Thanks, Georgia. Man. Georgia just absolutely dog walks Tennessee Volunteers at home and are now traveling to face off with the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Dave, what do you think this line? Before I ask you for your opinion, what do you think this line is set up at right now? Twenty-three and a half. Mississippi State is a sixteen and a half point underdog at home against the against the Georgia Bulldogs. David, who are you taking in this game? Oh dear God, that's the easiest bet on Georgia of the year. Um, 16 and a half is such like an inviting line because 17, I think is where you start to maybe wonder if like, hey, that's because 17, you're, you're thinking that's possibly a push 16 and a half. That's an easy bet for me. So if you watched Mississippi state's last game, Mike Leach took the chairs off the sideline because he was so pissed off at the way his receivers were playing. Um, he's just a bizarre dude. Like if you watch his press conference, and he's like coughing the whole time. He's like, I'm working on this signature cough. He's so weird, but that's a side. He wasn't happy with the wide receiver play of that team. They had to go to overtime last week against Auburn. Uh, they ultimately did win, but Auburn's a really bad football team that they had to go to the wire with. Um, it's one of those classic letdown spots for Georgia after you have like one of those huge, huge games against what was supposed to have been allegedly the best team in the country. They felt disrespected and did what they did. Um, I don't see a team that far and away better then pretty much everyone in the country having a letdown against a team that had to take Auburn overtime. So give me Georgia. So folks, take Dave at minus 16 and a half, or the more profitable profitable route is to fade Dave and ride with Mike Leach, <laughs> take the pirate ship as they storm, storm back into Starkville 
and take Mississippi State Bulldogs to cover at plus 16 and a half at Bound Line because Bound Line is where the game starts. All right, Dave, we're yep. at the end of the show today. Let's wrap this up. We have a listener question. It was a very good question. I sent it over mm-hmm. to you. Let me pull it up actually right on my phone. I took a picture of it. It is from Rhinos on YouTube, R-Y-N-O-S, and he asks, excuse me, sorry, I'm battling a little bit of cough over here. What's the most important victory, Clemson, Miami, or Florida? As much as I hate Miami and dislike Florida, Clemson to me is the more important victory because beating Clemson, in my opinion, means we should be contending for the ACC championship and a possible playoff berth. What are your guys' thoughts? Dave, what are your thoughts on the question? I have made that same argument before. Um, as long as Clemson remains firmly atop the ACC, which right now is kind of in flux, that's a problem um, because we're in the same division of the conference as them. Uh, we're going to go to division list soon, so that, that'll matter less. But that team has just had a stranglehold on our ability to get to the ACC championship, which I think is a prerequisite as an ACC team to make in the playoff. I don't think you as an ACC team can miss the ACC championship game and still make the playoff. Um, you'd have to have a scenario where like Clemson's 12 and 0 beating Florida state and we're 11 and one. And then Clemson blows the ACC championship game to like a bad coastal team. And then everything else in the country just goes into chaos the last week for us to make a playoff if we're 11 and one. So I think you have to beat Clemson. Yeah. To, to get back to where Florida state aspires to be as a program, which is to playoffs and championships and being Florida is being Florida and Miami are both equally nice uh, for the same reason we recruit against both of them. uh, And obviously they're rivals. I love beating both of them. It's funny being able to joke about it. Uh, it's funny to be able to set back both of their programs, especially because Florida is always the last game of their schedule in the regular season. And I love sending them into the offseason with no momentum, especially because they both have new coaches. So they're super vulnerable right now. And they're super uh, – the the ability to imp- set, set an impression on those teams about how far they are behind Florida State and to our fans of how far we are ahead of those programs, how much – how much confidence they have in their coaching staffs would be awesome. You have to beat Clemson and set them back. This Clemson run has to end. I'm sick of them having five-star quarterbacks backing up five-star quarterbacks. Their recruiting momentum needs a huge hit, and it's going to have to come by them losing a few games, which one of those needs to be us. Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, personally, I prefer to beat Florida and Miami because I hate both those schools. I mean, like, I mean, like we just discussed with the – I guess Dono and also Trey over here. Florida to me is like up to over to here. Miami's like right here, basically on the hate the hate metric. Yeah. But Clemson is the more important beast to deal with because Clemson for the past what ten years has made this not not dynasty, but basically like a uh, they have a very solid run of ten years. A dynasty, you know they they won two championships. You know that's great. They're recruiting, yeah. you know, five star quarterbacks with you know basically replacing Deshaun Watson, replacing him with Trevor Lawrence, replacing him with DJU, replacing DJU probably with Kate Klubnik next year. So overall, like it's it is very important to basically stop that run because you're right. They right now, everyone knows who Clemson is. You're you're about to have random Clemson fans in different pockets of the country probably 10 to 15 years from now. And then also you basically have you compete with them in the Atlantic year in and year out. And basically, if you, you can't go to CFP in a new playoff format, if you can't even get out of your own division. So yeah. it is more important to beat up Clemson 
especially also because everyone knows I really, really dislike Dabo Sweeney. I think he's a moron. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I also dislike Dabo Sweeney. Um, that would, that would be the last thing I think like getting him out of there. I, I don't know if that's better or worse. Like, on the one hand, without his coordinators, I'm, I'm still very curious to see without the guys that left that program, how Clemson, how Dabo Swinney performs at Clemson moving forward. That's still a case study. And you're seeing immediate results this year of their worse. That's it's hard to say they're, they're not they're, worse. They're, they're deniably worse. Like I like it. I know they did a really well. The, sorry to cut you up. With, I know they did really well the first few weeks, but they're there. It's. They're not the same team anymore. They really aren't. Tony Elliott's kind no. of available. John. No, they're, they're not. That's right. I compared them to kind of 2014 FSU, um, where every game that we won was like by the skin of our teeth. Ultimately, we won all our games until I don't want to talk about the Oregon game in the playoff, but Clemson didn't. So if anything, 2014 FSU is too much of a compliment for them. They have regressed so far since, since Dabo's uh, left and right-hand man have left. And just kicking that mini dynasty, it's not a dynasty, kicking that mini dynasty, that decade of dynasty off of its perch is, I think, going to be more beneficial to Florida State's ability to do what it wants and needs to do uh, in the near and long term. Oh, I completely agree with that. I'm actually, I'm, I'm looking actually over the recruiting class right now. I don't see actually also, it's interesting, I don't see a single player from the state of Florida committed to their, their school right now. Which is a really interesting, interesting, mm. um, I guess, kind of tactic. I do see most of them are from Alabama, most of them are from Georgia, but yeah, there's not a single player from the state of Florida actually currently committed to that. Actually, no, sorry, there's one where that Kylan Webb that could, that could actually be pretty good. But overall, like I do agree with that. It's when you lose staff like that, Brent Venables. When you lose Tony Elliott, Jeff Scott, who just yeah. got fired from USF, he left there a few years ago. It does basically ask you whether or not are you able to improve that. But then you see Dabo Sweeney hiring within, internally hiring his offensive staff, defensive coordinators too as well. Like it's it limits you overall as a program. And I think Dabo's like like I said the, the, the dynasty was crumbling back basically when Ohio State beat the crap out of them in the in the CFP. That was their, in my personal opinion, that was their Oregon moment, right? So Oregon against us from twenty what seven twenty fifteen twenty fourteen like that was their Oregon. Moment. Yeah, so we just we me, just we need it to happen. Um, we are on the rise. I think that's demonstrable. Um, how we finish these last games of the season, I think will determine the trajectory of that rise because we're, A, we'll have so much momentum going into next year, but B, depending on who leaves and who, who we bring in and what we do in the transfer portal in the off season. I mean, I'm not going to go out here and predict we're going to win the ACC or we're necessarily going to win the ACC and go to the playoff next year or anything like that. I think that would be jumping the gun a little bit, uh, but we're we're twelve and zero next year. We're twelve and zero next year. What are you talking about? We're we're twelve and zero next year. What are you talking about? Right, right. I, I I do think we should compete for an ACC championship next year. And there's only one of those teams that's going to be in our path for that. And I have a newsflash for you: it ain't going to be Miami. It ain't going to be Miami. And also, remember they lose. They're getting rid of divisions next year, so it's going to be your yeah. top two teams. And so we have to worry about all this Atlantic Coast, the Atlantic Division being basically right. demonstrably better. Then the coastal, whatever the hell's going on over there, I, I don't think they play play football in the coastal. I really don't. But folks, we do play football here. We talk football here. We talk all sports here. We're gonna talk about the basketball team late on a later date. But folks, thank you guys so much for making Locked On Seminoles your first listen each and every single day. And as always, don't forget five star reviews either our podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, or if you're your podcast from Dave. Let the folks know how much you love them and give them the YouTube instructions. 
Yes, I do love each and every one of you. Again, we could not do this without you. Thank you so much for being here. We hope you enjoyed the show today. If you did, give the video a like on YouTube, please. Um, if you like the content, subscribe to the channel. Uh, ding the little bell at the top. Turn on your notifications. It'll let you know when episodes drop. Um, but please do leave a comment because this this comment today was one of the better ones we've gotten that made us think an awful lot. And obviously, we felt compelled to talk about it. And if you leave us a good comment, we're going to do the same. Uh, th there's there's a chance eventually when we get to the offseason that we're get, we could have some people on the show to talk about their comments. And I, I just that's an off-the-cuff idea right now. But I really like that because that comment today I think was the best one we've gotten. And I appreciate you, got, you guys uh, leaving us that kind of feedback and asking us those uh, hard-hitting questions. We love to see it. Please keep doing it. Yeah, shout-out Ryan for the comment, folks. My apologies for sounding a little stuffed up. I'm not feeling the best right now. Sorry about the... Of the uh, not the sultry voice you're not usually used to, but also, folks, we are everyone <laughs> yeah. down here in South Florida. Please be careful, prepare for a subtropical yeah. storm. Nicole, we're doing the same thing down here. We'll do our best to have shows for the rest of the week. As I'll text Dave, but hey, Dave, we'll do a quick to him 10 minute or something along those lines. But we'll try to do our best content, best to bring you guys content. But also, please, most importantly, stay safe out there. And for Dave, this was Drake, and we'll see y'all next time on Lockdown Seminoles. Take care, everybody. Bye.